Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. Today, I'm joined by Mayor Bob Sanderson. He is the mayor of Port Hope. Port Hope is home to Cameco, as well as the Port Hope Project. And the Port Hope Project involves the cleanup of historic low-level radioactive waste and its long-term safe management in an engineered above-ground mound being built south of Highway 401 and west of Balch Road in the municipality of Port Hope. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mayor Sanderson. I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. You're welcome, and uh, I look forward to having a, a chat with you. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of minutes and introducing yourself for our listeners. I'd be uh, happy to. I'm uh, Mayor Bob Sanderson, Mayor of the Municipality of Port Hope. <clears throat> Port Hope is just in, east of Clarington. We're right on the shores of uh, Lake Ontario. Our new municipality is about a population of around 17,000, and 95% of our land is rural. So we're one of the unique sort of municipalities in the area where we have a very uh, definitive and strong rural component and also a you know, a historic and cultural uh, core to the urban area. Very, I would call it very traditional from a historical perspective. And uh, as you know, we, I have been in office now for, uh, this is my second term and uh, still, uh, still going strong. So I look forward to, to chatting and answering any questions uh, that you have. So my first question is, if you could just give our listeners a bit of an idea of the nuclear facilities that you have in Port Hope. Yep, the primary nuclear facility we have is, is Cameco. Uh, Cameco is a private uh, corporation having um, you know, transitioned from El Dorado Nuclear, which was a crown corporation. So from our community perspective, we, we do have a, a UF SECT refining facility uh, right sort of in the urban area of the municipality. Um, and that, that's probably our primary activity. Uh, but at the same token, we are very involved with uh, AECL and uh, CNL, because we're undergoing a, a, a low-level radiation and remedial cleanup of Port Hope. And that is from a, a legacy from many, many you know, decades ago, quite frankly, when Eldorado Nuclear was, was here. And uh, they had, uh, of course, at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of concern about some of the tailings that were from the uh, production of uranium oxide at the time. In fact, it looked like great dirt and tomatoes grew well in it and people actually wanted to go get it. But that spread it throughout the municipality and the community, particularly the urban area. In speaking of um, the legacy waste and the low-level waste, you know, opponents to nuclear power and those who believe nuclear power is bad, you know, they always paint Port Hope as this shining example of how nuclear power is dangerous and it fails and it'll contaminate everything and things will be dangerous. And is that how the people of Port Hope feel about nuclear power? Uh, without question, that is not the way we see it from a residence perspective. Uh, I think El Dorado Nuclear has been here uh, for such a long time. And as you learn more, and you know, of course, then we decided in the, with the federal government and the transition from uh, El Dorado Nuclear, a crown corporation to the private sector, one of their requirements was to um, make sure that the community was not left with any environmental or residual uh, issues. And one of the reasons, I mean, that's why they call it low level. It hasn't uh, seemed to cause a problem. And the uh, 
residents that we have uh, haven't you know been up in arms although i can tell you back in the early 70s and late 60s <clears throat> there was a fair bit of anti-nuclear activity uh, in this area um, and, and that has certainly not been the case for a, a long time now it's it's funny that phenomenon actually the more that i've learned about um, geological storage and um, nuclear in general um, the more people learn about it, the less afraid they are of it, or the less um, they, not so much worry about it, but the less it's an overriding concern in their lifestyle. I know here in Bruce County, we have Bruce Power um, sitting on the lake, and it's the largest nuclear reactor site in the world, and people don't seem to worry too much about it. So I find it kind of interesting, you know, that the waste creates this huge conspiracy and controversy with people. And the reactors seem to not, you know. Oh, I think the same thing, you know, next door in, in Darlington. <clears throat> but your, your comment, you know, about information, uh, good data and scientific, scientific information uh, absolutely can uh, dispel concerns. Um, many of those concerns are, are propagated specifically by those, you know, sections of the you know, population who are anti-nuclear no matter what. And, and that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that like everything causes us to have a, a balance in perspective. And uh, I think we have that uh, here as well. The anti-nuclear activity, I, I haven't seen it for such a long time here. And I think, uh, and credit to Chemical, uh, they've done a very good job within the municipality. They, they are a part of our municipality. Uh, they just, uh, actually, about a week ago, I had a, a presentation. They donated fifty thousand dollars to the food bank, and another fifty thousand dollars, you know, to to the you know, less fortunate through um, Greenwood Coalition. They also wow. supported our cultural uh, activities. The people who work there, you know, very involved in the municipality. Uh, they they give out of their their wages to United Way. Uh, I I just think they've done everything right. I guess in in a way, <clears throat> they also have a very transparent uh, you know ability to communicate both with the citizens but also you know with the municipality i i get a notice right away if they even had a you know a spill of water let alone anything that would be of any concern and it, yeah. it, it doesn't come across as oh we don't have to worry about it they give you the specifics you know and and i think that's you know really commendable so we're very happy to have them here uh, of, of more kind of disruptive is is the cleanup uh, that's going on within the municipality I suspect Port Hope is perhaps the only municipality you know, that I know of in the world where this kind of a cleanup is going in you know, people's backyards. And that, <clears throat> that's a lot easier than say in Clarington where they just have to kind of move it all from one area to, to another area. I mean, I'm not diminishing that was a big job, but certainly when you start dealing with you know, a person who owns their home and they have to you know, kind of have their backyard dug up and, and those kind of things, it's, yeah. uh, it's a learning process. It's been uh, somewhat disruptive. You know, from that perspective, but I, I think the PHAI, the Port Hope Area Initiative, uh, is doing a, a very good job of, of working and moving forward to you know take the lessons learned and, and move things forward and try to you know get people through this and give them some some support. But it's such an interesting project. It occupies you know our CAO time and my time uh, quite quite a bit, Belty. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And you know, what's the DGR? project proposed here for South Bruce too. We, we hear that argument a lot from people, you know, that I don't want a DGR in my backyard. And 
it's obviously not in anyone's backyard who's not willing right they're not coming into random houses yards and picking things so i think it's it's interesting yeah. you know that you guys are dealing with literal backyards it's a different uh, i mean it's, it's low level there there's no question there's very you know significant criteria about it and there's been about you know 15 years of, of you know engineering and technical analysis and uh, in uh, 2020 the municipality accepted the offer to keep that material in the municipality. So we actually have, um, you know, CNL and PHI building a storage facility, you know, at the uh, within this community. And you know, to date, I haven't had people who have uh, been opposed to that. You know, I I think everybody's watching it carefully and wants to have it managed. You know, it's not a like a rollover and everything's okay type uh, approach. Mm-hmm. You know, but but it's kind of like, well, I, if you don't want it in your backyard and it's ours, maybe it should be in our backyard and, and we don't have a problem with that. And so just to um, switch gears just a little bit, what what have you seen are the benefits of having a nuclear facility in your community? Well, it, it, it's a really good question, but employment is probably the number one. You know, it, um, it, it really, I think about 600 people work with the chemical. Wow. I don't know how many are working with the CNL and PHAI uh, project, but you know, significant. It's also brought other um, you know, industries and, and technologies and educational components to the municipality. Um, Loyalist College um, started as a small dosimeter uh, school here you know, to teach people how to read dosimeters for, for radiation exposure, that kind of thing. So I think all, all in all, you know, it's it's, it's something I, I recommend it on a bigger level. I, I think we're sort of very pro-nuclear for more than just the local issues, you know, and, and those are, you know, the climate change, the, the medical isotopes, all, all the benefits that seem to get moved aside a little bit. Ontario, my understanding is we haven't had a smog day for years. And I, I can't even imagine how you would evaluate the health benefit to, to the healthcare system, not to be having all these respiratory problems. Uh, and I don't know anybody who's actually put that together to say, well, we used to spend you know, $10 billion on respiratory and health issues. And now we spend you know, 100 million maybe or something. And I don't know the numbers, I'm just using to say, I think it's been an extremely good impact you know, on health, but it's also a significant impact on, on climate change. Uh, the nuclear industry does not contribute you know, to, to the carbon footprint. Yeah, it's uh, there's as a nuclear advocate <laughs> and a nuclear worker, I'm semi biased. Um, but yeah, there's there's no solution to climate change that I've seen that can meet our energy demands more efficiently than nuclear power. But <laughs> that's yeah, only, just my the opinion. The only one is hydroelectric. <clears throat> Yeah, well, hydroelectric is is the, I mean that that's the poster Hydro child. Is really I suppose. Good. Yeah, yeah. So it, it again when managed properly, uh, but by the same token, it might be damming up a whole valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to get well, the, and that's the thing too. I I've read about um, a hydroelectric dam. This is getting way off topic, but that's okay. In I want to say China that broke and drowned. I don't know how many people. Um, from the mm-hmm. water and it's like they're you know hydroelectric it is great but it's also not without risks and i think a lot of people do overlook that because nuclear seems to be this big scary boogeyman in the corner 
Yep. And then when we talk about the uh, requirement to store nuclear waste, you know, we're talking about a different category, you know, than we would say have in, in Port Hope, which is, is low level. Um, and, and that does need to be resolved, you know, and, you know, I, I would say that the political parties kind of need to step aside, right, and, and not, you know, run their elections on whether these things are important or not. Uh, it, it's far better to have a completely safe, um, you know, area to, to store this material and have it, you know, properly monitored than to not have it that way. So. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting close. I, I think there's a lot of work being done and the uh, you know, potential sites are, are you know, kind of being identified. And the other maybe interesting part is that a lot of municipalities wanted it. <laughs> so it, it, not like everybody's running for cover. The, mm -hmm. the ones who are you know, kind of clever and, and know what the benefits are and understand the, the risk is, is to me virtually zero. Uh, yeah. I don't suppose you can say anything is zero, but I, I'm going to call it zero <laughs> so just, just for the heck of it. And uh, so they were lined up. You know, uh, we had a dozen or so municipalities in Ontario who you know, said we would be welcoming it if mm -hmm. it didn't work that well. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you talk about it being political decisions. That is one thing that actually really scares me with the municipal election coming up this year is that you know, we'll have a whole gamut of people who are running in our municipality specifically because they don't want a DGR here. And it really yeah. worries me that we have the possibility because the possibility is always there that we will have a council that gets elected, shuts down the DGR and then has no idea how to run the municipality for the next four years, which terrifies me. <laughs> I think you can say that on different issues for many municipalities, mm. you know, and and so if I I think if an elected official comes into uh, the role, you know, with a kind of a specific agenda and does not really have the broader perspective of what's best for the municipality, then he's not representing everybody, right or she. And uh, I I definitely you know think that anybody who runs for elected uh, office, I certainly support that we'd like to have a lot of those people, you know, kind of running that. The perspective is a broad one, you know, not just I want this. Those councils often become fractious <clears throat> with the, uh, opposing opinions. And it's very hard to get work done on the interests of the uh, municipality. Uh, in Port Hope, I believe you know, we're very fortunate. Uh, I have a really, what I consider a good council. We consider things, we debate things, but nobody's there with their agenda um, other than what's in the interest of the municipality. So elections are a little bit disruptive. They can be a little bit, uh, you know, damaging not just on a municipal, but perhaps on a federal and and also a, a you know provincial level perspective. Also, yeah. Uh, sometimes the decisions that, that and I'm, I'm talking kind of as a politician at the moment, although that's not my background. The decisions sometimes are more political than than what they should be. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Absolutely. What are what have been or have there been any negative? Um, effects from having the nuclear industry in Port Hope? Well, I, I think stigma, um, you know, from people who, you know, said, oh, you're from Port Hope. Oh, my goodness. You know, they kind of like they think you're going to have three horns or something. So the stigma is probably one thing, but that stigma has not, um, you know, kind of overlapped into people who live here. You know, so some of the uh, communications I've recommended, you know, is that they, uh, the nuclear industry, at, whatever level, um, 
broaden their communications, you know, uh, so that they, I mean, we have probably over 100 people commuting from this area to Toronto. They shouldn't have to be the ones who are defending where they live on Bay Street. Right? I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who would benefit from, you know, maybe more specific information. I totally support the focus on safety. <clears throat> I also, and, and this is always risky to say, but I, I think, you know, number one, I'm absolutely sure of the, the level of safety. There, there's no question in my mind. But that when you continually harp on it, you kind of over talk about it. And I think maybe a little more conversation and the climate, uh, the benefits, you know, and I assume it's safe and I get the information to say it's safe and scientists say it's safe. I'm not in a position to judge otherwise. So <laughs> I also have my little... Thing about uh, small modular reactors. I, I, I call them small modular generators because I think reactors might not be the term I would use if I was in the marketing field. So, yeah. so are negative effects really, I, I can say some concerns, uh, maybe individual basis, people were concerned about their, say, their property values. They are, I mean, the biggest concern we have right now is uh, our, our trees because <clears throat> if our cleanup proceeds you know, with the uh, mandate that was uh, put in place and the criteria that was put in place over 21 years ago, the environmental impact we have in Porto could be strongly negative in that we could lose up to 50,000 trees. Right? And, wow. And exactly. If you weigh it out, is, is that really worth kind of like taking a tree down because way down in the root, there may be some low level radiation that has been there for 40 years and wow. my grandfather planted the trees. So so we're working very uh, well, I think, with uh, CNL and AECL, you know, to to make sure that both the community interaction and the regulatory bodies are, you know, cognizant that this this is going to have an impact on the municipality. Yeah, it's a, it's a good outcome, um, but by the same token, it has to be managed. It's not a case of all or nothing uh, kind of perspective. So we're we're making good progress on that. Um, I mean, really, the shovels have been in the ground only about two years, and there's been occasional pauses where we go, okay, we have to get some lessons. Uh, we meet with them from a municipal perspective on a regular basis, so we're, we're certainly up, up to date. So it's not that there aren't negative impacts, but the negative impacts is, I, I kind of equate it to surgery, I have a bit of that background, that goes, I don't want to go in the hospital and have surgery, but if, if I don't, right, then I'm not going to survive. So, which, which would you rather have? And I, I think we've made a very clear decision from a municipal perspective that we want to work together to have a, you know, the best outcome we can have. And uh, you know, everybody here should be able to uh, feel comfortable. Just before I circle back, because I want to circle back to the, the comments about stigma, but um, <clears throat> when you talk about the cleanup, and are there citizens in Port Hope who don't want it cleaned up? Like, are there people who think that the cleanup is not I don't want to say not worth doing, but you know that the radiation is so low that why are we doing this? Yep, there, there's both those opinions. Uh, absolutely, there are people who say, take every tree down, dig up every ounce that you can possibly find no matter what, and we don't care if the train trestles fall in or the harbor's there. And there's other people who go, I don't know why the, the government's spending any money on this at all. So we, we have those, but they're very, very small number of people. Uh, the, the vast majority is right where they should be, right in the middle. Say, there's a benefit to this cleaning up, and uh, we will work with uh, the federal government to to make sure the outcome is is making sure that uh, 
we're all kind of healthy, happy, and not have any worries. Yeah, which sound which seems fair as an outsider. <laughs> it's like that sounds like a fair. Well, it, it, it's reasonable. I mean, <laughs> that's. I mean, everything is always a a, a little bit of a balance, you know. So mm-hmm. if you look at other municipalities who've sort of been around since the industrial age, has anybody else had a full forensic examination of all their land, right? And they can say they're pristine and clean. It's like I didn't go to the doctor, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, some of and, some so, of those industrial sites yeah. could be in for a surprise. <laughs> Well, we've, we we have a number in Port Hope, and uh, we're having them cleaned up at the same time that the uh, low-level radiation cleanup is there. And some of that stuff's pretty nasty, too. You know, so I, I don't know how many municipalities are sitting where there was a gas station or some sort of refining process or something where there's petrochemicals. It, it's so long ago, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Then they go dig something up, and they find there's a you know, buried drama, something that nobody knows about in the backyard. So... So yeah. I like where we are. We, we've had as a municipality, uh, as I said, almost 15 years of examination. You know, and uh, we're, we're getting you know, not only the low-level radiation uh, issue you know, dealt with, I think, in a very reasonable way. We also are you know, making the municipality clean of uh, historical waste from industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to circle back to the stigma um, comment, just because we hear that a lot, with the DGR, you know, people concerned about the stigma of a DGR. Has that perception of some people ever, you know, stopped people from visiting Port Hope or has it ever affect tourism or industry or specifically agriculture? Like, has it ever, have people ever refused to buy products because it's from Port Hope? Okay, just break that down a little bit. Agriculturally, absolutely not. I've not heard a thing. From a, a tourism or a purchase of a home, there are people who have decided, you know, to to bypass, right? Either not come here, or mm, we're not going to buy, you know, in in Port Hope. Again, very very few. Um, our housing market is like everybody's, I think, kind of like on fire. Um, <clears throat> you can hardly find anything to purchase. Uh, you'd certainly have even more trouble finding something to to rent. But to be realistic, absolutely, I'm sure there are those people, and I know of a few through realtors who have said this. But I don't personally know of anybody who has uh, decided not to purchase. Uh, it's more along the lines of if you run into somebody outside the municipality who who goes, "Oh my goodness, you live in Port Hope? How can you do it?" Well, that gets back to what we were talking about: uh, education, all right, and and information. It mm-hmm. it's just uh, once once they explain things, right, it's um, far better. Yeah. Absolutely. The more informed people are, the better it is for every single topic in existence. The more people know, then actually know, not just what they think they know, <laughs> the more people actually know, you know, the, the better it is, really. Well, otherwise, you're just opinions and, and your opinions are you know, formulated from things. <clears throat> but if you can take you know, true data and apply it, um, it, it really does help. Mm-hmm. And then just so my last question as we wrap up, you know, if Port Hope had been in South Bruce's position here, where it's one of the last possible host communities for a DGR, like what would your thoughts and feelings be around that? Would you be concerned? Would you be, I guess, just like how would you feel about that possibly coming to your municipality? 
Well, you know, there's there's a couple of components to that. Num number one, it would only come here if we knew that the work had been done and that it was safe. Uh, the second part of that, and I'm a big proponent of this, is you know the public needs to be educated, engaged in the process, you know, and and make proper decisions. You don't make a decision for you know 15 or 20 or 25,000 people based on five people, right? So if it was all proper and and recommended and safe, you know, of course I'd welcome it. Yeah, just like you know, I'm happy to have chemical here. Um, I I think we're not a good spot, you know, just from that perspective. But by the same token, you know, we've we've taken accepted tons and tons, thousands of tons, you know, of low level radiation, and, and we're putting it right in our backyard, you know, and storing it. So mm -hmm. I I think I haven't got anybody who's not comfortable with that. We know all the technology. We know it's how it's going to be monitored. You know, we know how it's getting there. there. There's a lot of a lot of benefits, but the storage, you know, we, it's in our community, and we're going to store it. Yeah, so that's really all that I've got today. We're coming up on half an hour, so that's pretty good timing on my part. The last thing I, I would just make a note of is is I think uh, Adrian and and you know Mayor Ryan also mentioned it to some degree is that we are uh, a member you know of host communities, so we are sharing <clears throat> among ourselves. There's about eight of us, and we're we're expanding it. We're trying to get our you know uh, kind of uh, ability to provide uh, support for the nuclear industry. You know, on one, you know, foundation. So Adrian's a chair. I'm a co-chair, and we're we're going to probably be looking to expand our membership, but with a clear vision of what the role of that group is. So the question that you start to, you know, ask is: so, what is the benefit of having a host community? Well, ours is going to be different than Dick Clarington, different than Pickering, different than yours, <clears throat> and but there's still a, there's common factors in there. So I, I hope our host community group uh, continues to work together, expand our you know, ability to have dialogue you know, with the government and perhaps with the Canadian Nuclear Association and the industries uh, as well. So I think it's important. Um, my door is always open to anybody who wants to call. Uh, I know Adrian's the same way, Dave's the same way. You know, I, I think we're all very comfortable in the roles we, we play and the support that we'd like to uh, provide. Uh, by the same token, the other part of that is, you know, if something's not right, we're going to be the first to also be commenting on it too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I definitely look forward to what the future looks like for the nuclear industry. I think there's some pretty exciting projects on the horizon, and I, I think there's a lot going on. It's, it's going to be awesome to watch. Well, I'd certainly like to see, you know, as a country, <clears throat> we have very high levels of expertise. But I don't think we've uh, aggressively taken a leadership role, and I would certainly like to see that uh, change. Ne never mind putting your toe in the water. Never mind this timid election stuff and what have you. You know, if you feel it's a, a proper way to go, climate change, uh, energy, then let's let's encourage our provincial and federal uh, you know, counterparts to to step up and uh, say so. Absolutely, and they are doing a much better job than they were five years ago. Yeah, I've, I've noticed nuclear is way, it's still not talked about nearly enough in provincial and federal governments, but it is way more talked about than it used to be. So they are making some uh, some strides there. Well, and the uh, information that's out there with climate change being so important at one of the CNA conference, it seems that millennials, the majority of them, are not of the understanding that, that this is a benefit to greenhouse gases, that 
it doesn't produce them. I think the, don't quote me on this, but I think the number that I heard from a millennial speaker was that 57% of millennials think that the nuclear industry contributes to greenhouse gas. So there's a lot of educational opportunities here. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, that, and that was from the horse's mouth. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different episode. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really do appreciate it. I think you're doing a great job and over and above beyond, beyond you know what what you need to do. So good for you. Thanks. It's not easy, but I keep plugging away. <laughs> no, good for you. Good for you. All right, you take care. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.